kind of an icebreaker in some of our, our sessions we do with our students is you want to test a marriage. We, we quit smoking and filed bankruptcy in February of 2009 because of losing the business and that. So, and you're was, both still here. Yes. <laughs> yes. And alive. <laughs> Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, you've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I am really excited to be featuring another set of Las Vegas local business owners on the show today. Anthony and Tony Silva are the founders of 501c3 Nonprofit Flash. It stands for Financial Literacy and Sustainable Housing. They're also realtors that bring value to the Las Vegas community. I've had the opportunity to connect a little bit with Anthony and Tony, and I'm really excited to be able to share some of those conversations with you here today. I think it's really cool the way that they've tied their relationship to the community through their real estate business into a nonprofit that allows people to really get their finances under control. So we're going to talk about what their business looks like here in Las Vegas. We're going to talk about their definition of success. We're going to see where the conversation goes, and there is no doubt it's going to be a lot of fun. So with that being said, let's go ahead and bring them into the show. Anthony, Tony, how are you doing today? Doing great. Fantastic, Amber. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, so I really want to start with getting to know you guys a little bit more. And having two of you makes it just as twice the amount of fun. So let's go ahead and find out a little bit about where you're from. Where did are you did you guys grow up in Las Vegas? No, I was born and raised in Salt Lake City. We just moved out here a couple of years ago. Um, Anthony's from the Bay Area, moved to Utah like 28 years ago, and then Met, met my wonderful wife and we've been married for 21 plus years and, you know, just got tired of the snow and, yeah. you know, it's, uh, uh, my company got bought out as a diesel mechanic for 30 years. Uh, you know, uh, grandfather started the company there in, um, Utah and it got bought out by Penske truck. And, uh, I just, you know, that, that was kind of the deciding factor that and all the snow and, we, we just said, let's move to Vegas. And uh, four months later, we were moving to Vegas. <laughs> I feel like get out of the snow is what I hear from most people about why they come to Vegas. And as somebody who grew up in Idaho, went to school in Michigan, has been around snow always. Um, it's a good reason. It's a really yeah. good yes, reason. Yes. <laughs> we, when, when you get up at five in the morning and you go shovel the driveway, slip, fall, bust your back, then got to go to work and come home and shovel again. It just makes for a long day. It absolutely it's so does. true. You know, in Vegas, we have the opposite issue. I used to say, I don't need a car with remote start. It's okay. But I do in Vegas during the summer. Like I need to be able to crank my air conditioner up, get that going <laughs> before I sit down. Um, but pick your problems, right? 
Absolutely. Exactly. And, and one thing I found out here is uh, in 115 degree heat, snow does not stick to the ground at all. So it's I'll, true. I'm okay with that. It's true. So you mentioned that your grandfather started the trucking company. Is that what I heard? No, the 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 grandfather, the current owner of the truck. Gotcha. Company. So family run business. I we believe in supporting local family run businesses over the the corporate giants out there. Um, you know, we do have a choice of where our money goes, uh, especially when you start telling your money where to go uh, through some of the financial literacy classes we offer. But, um, you know, you, you got to really support your local mom and pop shops. Uh, that That's what makes the community. That's usually the ones giving back the most to the community. And uh, that that's where we prefer our dollars to go. Yeah. So for you guys, did you guys have strong entrepreneurial influences in your family or are you first generation business owners? First generation. Yeah. <laughs> what um, was that like for you guys? How did you, cause it's so interesting to me, the idea that in order to be a successful business owner, you have to have this long history of business owners behind you, which I think is complete bull crap. Um, so I'm interested to know for you guys, how did the business ownership happen if it wasn't generational? just had the feeling that there's something more than just working for corporate America. Um, I'm better than that. You know, I, I feel that we're all better than that. We could all do better for ourselves if we just get out of that corporate mindset and start, you know, seeing what the community needs, but you know, you need as a person to survive and we all have the same needs, but. And we're, where I look at it, um, you know, we're, we're taught, go to school, get good grades. Everyone knows this saying, go out, get a good job, Pay your taxes. Maybe if you're lucky, buy a home and raise your family and be tied to the the, the corporate uh, chains, you know, and it is chains there. And we'll talk about that later. But what, what started it for me was um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, I picked up the book. I wasn't a very avid reader back in the time and I, I've got to get better still. But uh, it changed my focus that that you can have more. Um, we, we started looking at it and what, you know, Hey, we were homeowners at the time and we're looking at purchasing an investment property. A good friend of mine was selling his home. So we opened up the newspaper to find, uh, what rents were going for in the area, looked on the internet and that, and we, we came across four other rentals, um, all by the same person. And we gave her a call, started negotiating and uh, before we know it, we bought four rentals at the same time. It, it was crazy how it happened. Well, and I think it's really cool that you were open to the possibility of that happening. I mean, I think that that's really what causes us to get the business success that we have or, excuse me, or the personal success is being willing and able to receive those adjustments that we need to make when we see one thing and then something else shows up as what's possible. Yes, yes. And um, after that, you know, got my brain going that there is more. Um, so I, I started a, a gear shop uh, kind of on the side. So I was working two jobs, one for me, one one for uh, my boss, making him rich. What kind of gear well, shop? Uh, I, I worked as a heavy truck mechanic. And um, so I rebuilt transmissions and differentials pretty much uh, right out of high school. I started for Eaton Corporation. And uh, that, that's what I knew. So I, I was a specialist, per se, in the industry. And so I started a gear shop. I had a customer, and I took care of all his customers. 
Gotcha. Uh, after about a year part-time, um, you know, after I got off work, I went there and worked. Uh, I was able to go full-time and, and fire my boss. That that was a really good feeling. I, I love doing that. You know, kind of talk to him and say, you know, it's not working out between us. I'm going to have to let you go. And uh, what was running it for four years, actually got an SBA loan out to expand because things were going good. And 2008 happened. Mm and and took us out uh you know we we always kind of joke it's kind of an icebreaker in some of our, our sessions we do with our students is you want to test a marriage we we quit smoking and filed bankruptcy in february of 2009 because of losing the business and that so and you're was, both still here yes, <laughs> yes and alive <laughs> i think that that's a win i think that's a win for sure so I think that a lot of people in your situation would be gun shy going into another business after having such a experience with a business before, especially without having the entrepreneurial um, generational person behind saying, oh, you can do it. I don't know if your parents are anything like my mom is, but my mom is like, go work for the government, take zero risk and make sure that you are um, working nine to five for somebody else. And that's her definition of a stable life. What was your situation like with your friends, family, the people around you? Were they saying, we told you this was a bad idea. Now go get that government job. Or were they really supportive of you saying, all right, that didn't work out. Now we're going to go try another one. All of our friends were so naysayers. They're like, what the heck are you guys doing? You guys are leaving corporate America. They were, they were really hard on us. The, she's right there. And they were hard on us, but, but ultimately we, we still had their support. Um, it just wasn't for them. And there's nothing wrong with that. We we always believe in freedom of choice and everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, lo losing the business, though, really hit me hard, uh, hit us mentally. hard, but mentally as well, not financially in that. Well, we ended of course, up, financially, yeah. we just went bankrupt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But but we, we asked a lot of questions, brought some experts involved with attorneys, our accountant and things like that. And, and we were able to move into the rental and keep the rentals. That's um, awesome. You know, so, so it was just gathering information and accurate information. And, and I stress this to everyone out there, you know, gather the information, make sure it's accurate. And that allows you to make the best choice possible for you and your family. You know, if you're just out there and you're, you're listening to your friends, to your neighbors, to uh, broke Uncle Bob and that, you know, chances are you're going to end up with the same results. But but moving forward, um, it, it's something we've got to get up. We, we all get knocked down, you know, and we, we got to get up, uh, look back, learn from your mistakes and push forward again. And, you know, we, we, we failed a couple times. I failed a couple times. And it's something that. If you're not learning from the mistakes, then you're, you're going to get sucked back into the nine to five, you know, this and that, which there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of security in that, but you're making your boss rich. You're making other yeah. people. Yeah. You know, and I agree with you. There's nothing wrong with, and I've said this before that um, entrepreneurism, business ownership isn't for everyone. There's a level of um, being really willing to accept risk that a lot of people aren't comfortable with. What's really interesting to me, and I think that this is what COVID helped bring to light more than anything, is that when you're in that nine to five, 
you aren't in an any less risk situation than you are when you're with your own business owner. You know, you just have more control, but it's so hard for some people to see that. And that's totally okay. So I agree with you when you say there's nothing wrong with staying in the nine to five, unless you're staying there because you're afraid yes. to go out and do what you want to do. And you're miserable all the time. Then there absolutely is something wrong with staying in the nine to five, but it's not for everybody. So if the nine to five is where you're comfortable and happy, then don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Yeah. Yep. Most definitely. Yep. So for you guys, you had the rentals, you moved into the rentals. When did you start to decide that you wanted to try to get back into the real estate space? And did you get back in, in the same capacity or different? Um, I would say well, once we kind of gathered our senses, dusted off, um, looked back, we were always there. Uh, we, we started immediately building our credit right right from the moment we filed, you know, got a secured credit card and, and worked that uh, as per the advice of attorneys and our accountant. And, and what do you do? You know, this is where we're going. We actually were not late a single payment. We, we were trying to work with the banks and during that crash, you know, countrywide home loans went under, B of A had bought them out, B of A didn't know what they were doing with anything at the time while all our loans were through countrywide. So we were confused, but, um, you know, we built our credit back up and as soon as we can, four years later, four years, mm -hmm. we, we, we bought uh, another home. Rentals, uh, we, we ended up selling it. One of the four rentals, they were duplexes. So one side. Um, and got our home. And then I, I started getting into uh, investing, flipping homes, wholesaling homes. Uh, we had a flip in McKinney, Texas, which uh, never set foot on the house. But, uh, you know, it's, I'll, I'll never do that again. because Great experience. But yeah, definitely never do that again. We went through three contractors within the six month time frame. Oh, wow. It was it was a lot of work. Yeah, because <laughs> we, we, we weren't there to um, manage. Yeah. The, the repairs and make sure that they're doing what they said they were going to do. Uh, we did luck out and and ended up building a relationship with some investors out there. So they'd walked the property. Actually, we hired their 13-year-old uh, kid to mow the lawn there to, to keep appearances up, you know, as everything was taking place. That's awesome. But uh, yeah, so it's, you know, we've always been involved with real estate, did a lot of learning, um, made some mistakes. Uh, but the whole time, our goal is to bring value to, to those around us, to, to make sure it's a win-win for, for everyone involved in, in every deal we've transacted. And uh, that's really helped us along the way. Yeah. What I love about what you guys are talking about is how open and honest you are about the fact that it has not been a straight, easy road for you to get to where you are now. Not at all. I feel like there's, and this is why my podcast is framed the way that it is. Cause I feel like there's enough people out there talking about all the successes that they've had and, and that's great. You just don't learn from them. So being able to have somebody, you know, somebody's going to listen to this podcast and they're going to be down in their luck right now. And they're going to say, oh, this isn't for me. And then they're going to hear this and they're going to say, oh, wait a minute, this is normal. Like this is the way it goes. It's not all happy and success. And so I think that you guys do bring an incredible, immense amount of value when you talk about the struggles that you've had and how you've overcome those. So I think that's really cool. Is this where the financial literacy classes kind of came from? Was your experiences and helping others kind of avoid the same pitfalls? Or tell me a little bit about that. 
Well, it happened when his business went under and we kind of lost everything. He was our main, you know, bread or money maker. Um, so it kind of stressed both of us out, of course. And so I was like, you know, we need to get control of our budget. We, we need to learn how to live under our means um, and tell our money where to go. And so that's where it started is with that BK. Um, so, yeah, yeah. L l looking back, she, she uh, signed up for the Dave Ramsey course uh, at the time and then actually taught a few of the classes. Um, so he, he teaches you to tell your money where to go. You know, mm -hmm. every dollar has a home. Uh, he, at that time he taught you how to put everything in envelopes, you know, yeah. you got your grocery envelope, your gas envelope and that. So she was doing that religiously. Um, look, looking back, uh, because, you know, I really made good money, uh, owning the business is a job I owned, you know, I'm not going to, it wasn't like I had 20 employees. It was mm -hmm. a job I owned. If I wasn't there working, I wasn't getting paid. But, um, you know, look, looking back, it's like, where'd the money go? We, we would go and, and, you know, we had two kids uh, at the time and, well, still do. But <laughs> we, we'd go to the grocery store, you know, spend $300 a week on groceries, go out to eat four or five times mm -hmm. a week, throw half the groceries out. Yeah. So, you know, we're wondering, is, you know, we, we kind of wish we at least had a drug problem back then. We could account where the money went, right? But no, it was it was our own stupidity and lack of discipline with telling our money where to go. So that she started it with Dave Ramsey. What started Flash was my daughter's senior year. I'm kind of looking over her class schedule with her. She's asking what elective should I pick? And I was all, where's the check budgeting class? You know, mm -hmm. where, where's the class that teaches you how to, to at least budget when you get out of high school, going into college or, or into a job in life. And that planted the seed. Um, so in February of two, 2017, um, Flash was born, uh, Financial Literacy and Sustainable Housing. And this came about because I wanted to try and make a push to get strong financial literacy classes at the high school level. Mm. During this journey, I found out that be, because I wasn't a huge name, I didn't have a PhD in economics, none of the schools would talk to me. So I was kind of talking to some private schools, but I also found out that Wells Fargo will make a sizable donation to the school district, come in and talk to the graduating senior class and hand out credit card applications. Yep. So it's sad when out of high school, you can get a $100,000 student loan, but you can't get a $10,000 business loan yep. to, to start a business. And that's the way the system is wired. And yeah. we've got to make a change of that one, one person at a time, one budget at a time. Yeah. And, I and What you're talking about is so close to my heart. Because it's the story of my life, right? Like I graduated from high school in 2000. I started college in 2000. What did colleges look like in 2000? Do you guys remember the, um, the tables that they used to set up on college campuses and they would give away free t-shirts? Mm -hmm. yes. In order to get the t-shirt, you had to fill out this piece of paper that they didn't really tell you what it was or what it wasn't. You just wanted the t-shirt. And then all of a sudden you have this credit card in the mail and nobody told you what credit cards are. So you have free money. And then you get a bill and you make your first payment and now you have three times the free money because they increased your credit limit after your first payment. Yeah. It just, it's so um, predatory. 
of individuals that are not educated. And if the parents, you know, too many times financial beliefs are generational beliefs, right? And so if your parents haven't taken the time to teach you the financial literacy that you need to know, then you become victim to these predatory lending practices and you end up, you know, with a, a horrible credit score and, and messed up financials. And, and, and so I love what you guys are doing. And that, that's where they want you. They want you with the poor credit score, with the poor financials, because now you're, you're trapped or you mm -hmm. feel trapped. Well, um, and then you get the interest rates. They make more money on you on interest. Like, yep. I hate to make it sound like a conspiracy, but like the reality is the people who can get 0% interest rate loans don't make any monies for the banks. Yes, yes. So they, they want you trapped. You're, you're also trapped at your job because you're under this mountain of debt. And mm. so you feel trapped. You know, you might not be happy there, but where are you going to go to make that money is what I hear from everyone. And yes. I've said that to myself. Where am I going to go to make this kind of money? Because this is where my bill level is. But all we're doing is paying interest to the banks um, and big corporations out there. That, that are just kind of bleeding us and you've got to learn the rules of the game. And that that's, you know, I'm on that mission here and, and it's never ending. Um, they, they keep changing the rules. The rules are written by the rich for the rich and you've got to learn them and be able to nickel and dime them back or at least keep them from nickel and diming you. So, yeah, it's so true. So what does the nonprofit look like for you? And is it look, is it low, excuse me, I can't talk today. Is it Las Vegas local only? Is it nationwide? Tell me what it looks like. What um, it, it's, it's nationwide. It, it kind of got shelved a little bit during the move down here and then COVID hit. And so everything just kind of, you know, you're, you're in that tailspin again, wondering what's going on. Um, but it, it is a Zoom class. It's a free Zoom class. I'm going to be starting next week. Uh, I'm kind of fine tuning some of my material. I want to get handed back out in that from from where I was with it, uh, because you, we've got to constantly update. If you're not if you're not growing, you're dying, so to yes. speak. Uh, you know, that, that's a, a quote from Tony Robbins and a lot of other people out there I've heard. But um, so I'm going to start it back up next week. It's a free online class. I'm looking to move it into live sessions uh, now that we're able to hold them. You know, I'll get with the local uh Veteran Association back in Utah, we, for about a year, what, two years? Just over a year. Yeah, just over a year. We were, every Saturday morning, we were heading to the uh, local Veterans Administration and offering a free two, three-hour class to the veterans that, that showed up there and just talking to them about how important it is to take control of your finances. And all yes. that means is telling your money where to go instead of it telling you where it went by the end mm -hmm. of the month. So I love what you're talking about for so many reasons. It, here's what's in my head right now. So I, I grew up in a family that didn't talk about money and I had no way of knowing how awful the financial situation was because we never talked about it and they made sure the kids never felt it. Right. And I feel like that's every parent's goal is just make sure that even if we're struggling, our kids never know that we're struggling, which is commendable but I would have rather known that we were struggling so that I could take those experiences and go um, and bring those into my, my own life instead of having this belief that we just got what we want when we wanted. I 
in the past have been the type of person, and I've worked through this a ton through all of my mindset work, where the worst thing you could do is try to tell me that you were taking control away from me. And I always felt that way with meal planning, with budgeting, with calendaring, with anything that I felt like was structure. It was, oh, you're taking my control away from me. And I know there's so many people out there that feel the same way. And the way that you're describing it is you're taking your control back when you take your, your money back and tell it where to go. And I think that that's something that the world needs to hear. Absolutely. And we, we've had um, quite a bit of success with it, with, with uh, our students. You know, uh, uh, one couple's given us permission to share this story is they they had a, a couple payday loans and a title loan um, together. You know, once, once we sat down and put the numbers on paper, this is what you make. This is what you spend. This is where what your spending is going. We, we looked at these three and, you know, you're looking at what 400% interest rate on this, the, the title loan, they had borrowed about $700. We had them give us a, a statement. They've been paying $150 a month on this $700. For two Good years, Lord. three grand, and they owed $707 still. Wow. So we, we, we figured it out. Look, you, you got to cut a couple things here and there, cut that grocery budget down. That, that tends to be the, the big variable for everyone is your grocery budget. Um, and in three months, they had this paid off. They, they had freed up $900 extra a month. About six months later, they put that $900 towards a new trailer and a truck. So what do you say to the person who is looking at you saying, that's great, but I don't know where my money is going right now. And I don't know how to find out. Write it down. Look, look at your, your checking statement. Bank statements. Look at your bank statements. Credit card statements. Credit card <coughs> statements first. Excuse me. Um, and then write it down. You know, we, we, you need to see, this is what I make. That, that's, that's a key number. So your net, we want to know, you want to know what your net income is, what you bring home. I don't care what taxes are or 401k and all that comes out before. We need to know what we actually bring home. We're then going to compare that to what we spend. And if what you're spending on a monthly basis is more than what you're bringing home, you've got two options. Spend less, make more. Very simple math, fifth grade math. Then we can dive into what you're spending and where it's going. Now, you've got hard costs. Rent or a mortgage, that's a hard cost. There's not much you can do. You might be able to renegotiate or, or if you're renting, find a cheaper place to rent. Um, power, your insurance, all that is a hard cost. It's usually a fixed rate. We can shop around, but maybe save some pennies here and there. Uh, what we found is the variables, your food budget, and these these are expenses, not debts. There, there's a difference. Expenses mm -hmm. never go away. You're, you're always going to have to buy food. You're always going to have to pay for power unless you go completely off grid or something like that. You're, you're going to have car insurance. So, so this is always going to be there. So we look at that and see if there's any minor tweaks we can make there. Then we look over at your debt. Um, where are you bleeding? What, what's, where's the highest interest rates? Um, where's your biggest payments? And, and you've got, everyone's got their theories. You know, you, you got a snowball effect where you pay off the lowest one, then you apply that payment to the others and, and snowball it. Um, 
we, we believe in looking at the big picture. Not everyone's the same. Mm-hmm. You, you can't put a cookie cutter on this and say, this is what you do because everyone's starting from a different place and everyone's going to have a different goal that they're trying to achieve with this. Um, and it's just our job to kind of lay it out. This is where you're at. This is where you want to be. Here's a, a roadmap on, on how to get there. But, but it starts with taking accountability for where your money's been going without you even knowing it. Yeah, absolutely. Hardest thing ever is um, to get your clients to swallow their ego because getting this started is the number one. It's the hardest thing to do is seeing exactly where you've been throwing your money or letting your money control you. Um, that's the hardest thing that we've seen. Um, it, it, it's, you know, like hurting cats, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get them to, you know, just sit down and look at what where their money has been going. So once you could overcome that, it's it's downhill from there. It's easy. That's amazing. I love that advice. So for anybody who wants to learn more about this, what's the best way for them to follow up with you about this nonprofit? Um, I, I'm again getting the website. It got shelved for a little bit. So right now you can go to silvarealestate.net and hit the contact us button and we'll reach out to you from there. Um, you can also call me direct if you want. My number is 702-701-0082. And we can schedule an appointment to, to kind of go over it and see if we're going to be a fit for one another. Because that's another thing, you know, not, we're, we got to make sure we're a fit in that we can help you with your situation and you're willing to accept that help. Um, yeah. Right now it's free through the nonprofit, you know, we do ask if you see value in it to make a donation so we can continue doing this. But um, we're, we're here to help and first and foremost, bring value. Yeah, I love that. And I'm so glad that you said that um, you're kind of interviewing each other to see whether or not it's a good fit. Because I feel like that's something a lot of people don't understand. Whether you're hiring a real estate agent, whether you're hiring a business coach, whether you're hiring a financial advisor, like not everybody is the best fit for everybody else. And so making sure that you're really having the conversations of, am I going to be willing to be open and honest with this person? Am I going to be willing to take the advice that they're giving me? Am I going to act on what they're telling me? That's just as important as the information that you're getting. So I love that you mentioned that. Thank you. Yeah. And, and, and we do that with our real estate clients as well. It, it's an interview process to make sure that we are going to be a fit and, and meet the needs, your expectations uh, of what you want in a realtor. And then again, we're interviewing you to make sure that uh, you're realistic with your goals and we're, we're not wasting one another's time. Um, you know, during any interview process, what there's about three outcomes, you can choose to work with us. Great. We'd love that, you know, or two, you choose not to work with us and that's okay too. And, and three is we can choose not to work with you as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, there's no harm, no foul with any of that, that we, we just interviewed and found out we're a fit or we're not. Yeah, I love that. So we'll go ahead and include all that information in the show notes so that people can reach out to you and continue the conversation, because I think that it's incredibly valuable. What I'd like to do now is switch to the success element of this podcast. This is the More Than Corporate podcast. I believe that every single person that builds a business or tries to build a life does it 
with a definition of success in mind. And if that definition of success is not accurately their own, then they end up with a life that they don't love and are trying to get out of. So I ask every single one of my guests this question, and I would love individual answers from both of you. Um, what does success mean to you? How do you define it personally for yourself? Um, and I'll start with you, Tony. Um, so success means to me, I think it means, you know, to be able to be debt free, not to have to survive from paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, what success means to us, both of us is, you know, to be able to give back to our community. We, we all need that community feeling, um, you know, just to be able to help out when needed and not feel stressed. Oh, I do. I can't pay my rent if I help this person out. You know, I want to be able to give what I can to the next person. Yeah, absolutely. Anthony, what's your individual definition of success? I have options. Um, I feel if we've got options that we can look at, um, you know, because life's always going to be thrown at us where we're going to get knocked down. But but to be able to have the options to say, OK, I can do this or I can do that and not be so limited. Um, very much agree that the debt free to not not be under the thumb uh, of the debt. And again, that gives us options. If I don't like my job and I'm debt free, I can go work at McDonald's mm -hmm. and, and be able to still pay the bills, be able to still eat. Uh, also, success means the ability to help others at a higher level. Yeah. Um, what we're doing now at the nonprofit is, you know, if you, you change that one life, we, we've already done that. We're, we're, I consider us already successful no matter what happens from here on out. But, but if we can help the masses in a way, uh, 10 people, 15 people, you know, 200 people, um, just realize that they can take the control back. Uh, I, I think uh, that that's a, a huge meaning of success to me. Um, it's never been about the money in the bank, but what the money in the bank can do is it allow you to help others. Yeah, 100%. And you talked about, you know, life gets thrown at you. And so I'm interested to know for you guys with these definitions of success in mind, how do you make sure that as you make decisions for your business, your life, your family, that you are making decisions that are in line with your definition of success and where you ultimately want to end up? How do you do that gut check? Um, evaluation. Look and make sure, uh, you know, I'm blessed every time I wake up and can fog a mirror that that that's, you know, I'm, I'm happy with that uh, because, you know, we, we can make uh, better decisions and make up for the bad decisions we've made in the past because um, you've got that opportunity. Uh, it, it's constant growth. Uh, you, you've got to keep gathering information um, and evaluate, you know, where you're at, where you're going. Is it in line with, with where we want to be? Um, the real estate market right now is pretty crazy uh, on a planetary scale. Uh, as everyone knows, you know, here in, in Las Vegas, we've got about 1,800 single family homes on the market. That number should be around six to 8,000. So, yeah. so not only do you have a hot seller's market where, where prices are increasing, you've got... Um, Interest rates starting to creep up and it's actually taking some buyers out of the market now that there's no way they can find something in their price range because they were kind of near, you know, 
the, the, the bottom end of the market there as it was, but you've got to reevaluate. Now this market's going to change. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're not constantly adjusting your course and reevaluating the direction you're going in, is it headed towards my target I want to hit, be, be it a, a six-month target, a year target, a 10-year target, um, you end up getting lost out there and then you're, you're back in that rat race until you can find your way out of it. Yeah, I 100% agree. I absolutely love what you guys are doing. I'm so excited to be able to connect with you and continue to collaborate with you in the Las Vegas area. Um, And then as you reach outside of the Las Vegas area, being able to impact lives there. Again, we'll put your contact information in the show notes so that people can reach out to you. Um, What I always love to ask business owners as we start to wrap up is if there's one thing that you knew or that you wish you knew when you started that you would share with new business owners and entrepreneurs, what is that one thing? Model the person that's doing an outstanding job in that profession. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love that. But no, no, no matter how unique you feel your idea is uh, your widget, your, your business, what you want to bring out there. I guarantee you there's somebody doing it at an outstanding level. Get a hold of them. Talk to them. I guarantee you they'd love to share their story with you. Tell you some mistakes they've made that you can probably avoid. Um, understand where where you need to put your business dollars to help grow the business and not just siphon from the business. Yes. So to speak. So so definitely model, model greatness, model someone doing it uh, at a level yeah. you want to be doing it at. Yeah, I love that so much. And there's so many reasons for that. But the first one, I think, is that there are a lot of people who say, oh, somebody else is already doing that. So that means that there's no room in the space for me to do it, which is exactly the wrong mentality. Like there's always there's always space for somebody to be bringing a new and fresh perspective to um to any industry. And you're right that one of the things that I've experienced more than anything is that the business owner and entrepreneurial community is one of the most supportive communities I've ever been a part of. Like they just want to help people make sure that they can accomplish their goals and dreams. And it's really a lift you up group of people. So you can find that person who's willing to share their war stories with you so you can avoid mistakes. So I think that's really cool. Thank you for that answer. Absolutely. Thank you. And everything, you know, is from the heart. That, that, that's the only way to be. Uh, you've got to be genuine and real out there because uh, a lot of people could see right through it if you're not. Absolutely. Um, Anthony, Tony, it's been amazing to have you on the show. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, I will let you know when this airs so that we can go ahead and make sure that you can reach even more audiences when we air it and um, reshare it on the podcast. Um, And I just want to say thank you so much for spending some time and sharing some value with the audience. I appreciate that. Thank you, Amber. You're you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. And I I do want to mention, you know, Keller Williams Realty, our our broker here has been fantastic with with the uh, training and support we've been receiving for them. So I want to make sure they definitely get uh, it's Keller Williams Realty Southwest, actually, and uh, make sure that they they get their uh, recognition with this as well in in helping us achieve uh, our goals. Oh, awesome. I'm glad that you shared that. Um, Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate your time. Take care, Amber. Thank you. Take care, Amber. Thank you very much. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. If anything that was said during this episode resonated with you or provided value in any way, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the More Than Corporate Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you. If you'd also like to connect, I've created a Facebook group that is full of amazing people who also make it their mission to live their best life every single day. If that sounds like something that you're interested in, the name of that Facebook group is Success Center. Head over there, request to join, and I look forward to connecting with you soon.